welcome to another exciting edition of Near Mint Comic Radio. Your local comic shop shrunk down, gamma radiated with its parents tragically killed before its eyes, and aired live every week, only on the non-productive network, the only place that would have us. I'm your host, Frank, joined in studio, as always, by Pete and sometimes James. Hi, James. Hi. Yeah, you're not going to be speaking for the most of this episode, are you? No, probably uh, not. Goodbye, James. Oh, Bye, hey, James. Hi, uh, hey, hey, Frank. It's been a while. You know, it has. It has been a while. It's it's like getting what? back on the uh, get, getting back on a bicycle though. Yeah, it's like riding a bike. You never forget how. On near mint, we rank and review comics from best to worst. That's mint, near mint, good, fair, and poor to you newbies, and try to guide you in what to read and what might be better to avoid by, I don't know, reading spoilers in the New York Times. On this week's exciting episode, <laughs> we are going to talk about the Marvel event of the, what is it, week, month? How long was this thing? Uh, well, uh, summer? A year? Summer of the summer. Pretty much the summer. Secret Empire. Yes, the highly controversial Marvel event that had Captain America become Captain Hydra. Interesting. It's a very yeah. interesting read. I uh, just recently got the entire uh, 10 issues from my good old pal Pete over here. You're welcome. Uh, who I told have my me sources. that it was really... Uh, worth reading like you were very non-committal about it pete you were i couldn't say that was a positive read I, yeah, i'm still kind of non, non-committal about it well we're gonna have to rank this by the end so maybe we'll by talking it out we'll figure out how how yeah, we at non i, I think that's what we got to do we need to talk about this so what's okay so let's uh talk, address the white elephant in the room this was a very controversial uh for whatever reason the blogosphere which is a word no one uses anymore the blogosphere was very except the twitterverse Whatever the, the internet was very um, was felt very passionate about the storyline uh, from before it was even on uh, shelves when it was just a free comic book day kind of teaser concept. The Captain America, the Steve Rogers we've all known and loved, has always been a an agent. agent. Yes, and it was very controversial up into its bitter end recently. It's interesting, and we're going to, I think, maybe touch on that controversy a little bit as we actually review the book. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, maybe we should talk about where we are, how we came into this. So, like I said, I, I just picked up the book recently from Pete. As far as a reader is concerned, I was, I'm an avid comic reader. I fell off the Marvel train somewhere back at Marvel Now. Correct me if I'm wrong. You read or at least followed a little bit along with Secret War. Or, sorry, Secret Wars. Secret Wars, yes, but that was well before uh, Marvel Now. Marvel Now was a uh, few not, years ago. Not very. Maybe it was no. See, not not the old OG Secret Wars. Yeah, I know. But and it, not Secret Wars two, which was no. like also eighties. Yeah, but the but Secret the most Wars. recent Secret Wars, uh, which re- essentially soft rebooted the Marvel universe destroyed the ultimate marvel universe oh you're right i did dip into and folded them in together the, there was another secret <clears throat> wars though that predated that well there's this the secret war <laughs> marvel come up with some new names we're good and we're gonna talk maybe we'll talk about that too about yeah. characters as well when you're seeing multiple ant-men's in one uh, yeah. series arc it's very confusing <laughs> yeah and i think we need like you know the 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 crisis of infinite secret wars we might have to uh, but yes, I that Secret Wars, the one specifically where the Ultimate Universe, Marvel's Ultimate Universe, collides into uh, their standard yeah. Marvel Universe, was probably where I stopped. Yeah, I can't I, even I remember if skip, I read the entire thing. I think you skipped Civil War Two. I did. I missed out on Civil and War that, II. And that was the, the big crossover in between the two. Right. And that's a lot. That is uh, yeah. a long period of time to be out of it. 
uh, the way that's affecting my reading of this, I mean, God only knows what I missed, <laughs> but it feels like uh, picking up these 10 issues, and I didn't really touch on any of the ancillary tie-ins. First of all, I think not reading the tie-ins puts you at a disadvantage. I really did feel like a lot of storylines were kind of, they, they, they were explained when an event happened, when they found a MacGuffin. So I guess we should say this at this point, spoilers throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, when they found the MacGuffin at one point, some of it's just explained. Like it was a big, yeah. exciting adventure, but we, I would like to have seen part of that big, exciting adventure. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of that was, to me, was lost because I wasn't really up to date. I don't know about you, Pete. How up to date were you? Where's your... Uh, I, was, I was pretty up to date. I've been reading fairly steadily. Mm-hmm. Uh, through most of this uh, new incarnation of the Marvel Universe, if you can even really call it that. It's, yeah, all kind of new. It's, I don't know how to even describe it. It's, it seems yeah. um, just as a blanket, I don't know if this is just Secret, uh, Secret Empire, but it seems more um, inspired by the cinematic universe now. Yeah, it, they did uh, realign closer to the uh, the cinematic universe, but not... Not there, really. Certain characters look exactly like their cinematic uh, counterparts, but then other looking things, at you, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, right, and then uh, others uh, maybe less so. They just feel like they're a little bit inspired in personality, yeah, but not necessarily in backstory. Do you have anything in particular that that uh, confused you, Frank? <sighs> confused me? Not, not really. I'm trying to think of some uh, good examples. As much as I am a comic reader, I broke off comic reading longer mm-hmm. than I have broke off watching the cinematic the universe. Movie. So seeing like obvious Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. references, or at least nods, I'm like, oh, oh neat that these characters are here. Uh, for example, uh, I I've totally thought Powers Booth's character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., what, what company does he own? Oh. Garrick? Was it Garrick Industries or something? I'm not sure. It may be farther than I've gotten in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There's just a, there's a sort of, not really a MacGuffin, but there is a, um, like a head nod to an older thing in one of the older comics. Actually, Hive was in this, the original Hive. was in this, yes. Original Hive, maybe that's slightly confusing. Not not very. There are little head nods. To me, from my perspective, it was interesting to see the comics aligning. I'd prefer that, to be blunt. For the most part, there hasn't yet been for me something where I'm like, oh, you're just pulling something odd out of the out of the cinematic universe that I don't like yeah. and making it mainstream. Shatari, maybe? I don't remember the Shatari being a thing in the comics. They were not really. Uh, they were they existed primarily as a uh, an offshoot of the scroll. Mm mm-hmm. um, And I believe that was they first appeared or were first referenced in the ultimate universe. Uh-huh. Uh, and I guess they got folded into the new Marvel Universe. And I'm fine with that. Like, if you're going to have, like, cannon fodder aliens, I'm okay yeah. with using the ones from the movies as opposed to somebody else. So, like, nothing really uh, abrasive. And that's all they were. Yeah. So you you were pretty much caught up. Mm-hmm. So do we want to get a brief backstory to what, the, what Secret Empire is about? Yeah, I'd love to. Do you, <laughs> do you think you're up to the challenge, or did do I, I read it Do I think it's fresher? possible? Basically, S.H.I.E.L.D., assembled a cosmic cube which then took the form of a 10-year-old girl as it does named Kobik of course Maria Hill used that to set up a prison camp for superpowered villains where they altered their 
past and rea- sense of reality mm-hmm. to make them docile and complacent. It was it was basically like a, a 1950s sitcom town. Like a Pleasantville the, yeah, prison. Per- yeah. Perfect America right. town. And uh, well, that just went to hell. Of course. Long story short, the uh, the Red Skull got his hands on Kobik, this... Uh, this cosmic cube girl and convinced her that hydra was a good thing and he was a good thing when everything went to heck when kobik was told to put everything back good she uh and, and to when she offered to fix steve rogers who was artificially aged he was in his true age in his 80s right at that point unartificially aged yeah i don't know how you refer to that yeah when you're aged right well yeah. when, when she fixed him she also fixed his backstory to be one of the good guys you know hydra right right james you have a question i i do so why was steve rogers in the prison for the bad people uh he wasn't he he was he was was there he was in there fixing okay he he was was in there there. as part of the battle he had been wounded really badly got it okay and was a really old dude i would say it's a standard comic book plot there is an evil there's a prison that was too prisony you know, judging with the whole, this is mm-hmm. too too invasive uh, of a thing to do. Yeah. Villains went wild. As a matter of they fact, if I remember powers. correctly, he was there when the prison break occurred, being given a tour of the facility by Sharon Carter. Because right. he was like, wait a minute, what the hell are you doing here? Right. So, of course, this cosmic, all-powerful child, which littered the pages of comic books, alters reality to make it yeah. so that... And she altered, yeah, she, she altered all these little things. Yeah, she altered Steve Rogers' past so that now he had always been a Hydra agent. When his mother died, he was uh, taken by Hydra and raised in one of their camps, and they implanted him into the Super Soldier program, uh, like deep undercover, and he remained deep undercover for this entire time up until the start of secret empire when when uh, he uh yeah. you know blows his cut co- doesn't blow his cover he, the plans come to fruition mm-hmm. and uh they he launches his super secret bid to take over hydra and use hydra to take over the united states of america right which is basically where we come in steve rogers has taken over the united states of america right so uh, as head of hydra and there are two two major factions to get everybody caught up two major ways of this uh this plan coming to power one is to take out new york city and the majority of superheroes in, in new york city encase it in a bubble of dark force and seal it off from the rest of the world right which i think is kind of cool mm-hmm. in that it may, it's it's a nod to the fact that new york is important in these comic stories and also it's a good way to get rid of a bunch of characters all at once the other one was pretty cool is to tr- basically forge a shatari attack uh, yep. Or can, you know, basically bait the Shatari into attacking, so that all the cosmic, more or less, really yeah. powerful superheroes are out there fighting them, and then putting up a force field around the Earth, so that everybody is stranded on the outside of that force field. Yep. So this is a an Earth only problem now, mm-hmm. theoretically. Earth is now sealed off, and and New York is sealed off inside of Earth. Right. So the majority of Secret Empire is about various bands of superheroes who are attempting one way or another to fix this. Mm-hmm. One group backed like we'll say backed by Tony Stark is attempting to they've almost immediately discover yeah. uh the the fact that the cosmic cube exists and they want to fix reality. Yeah. This is the resistance. Yeah. And the other group backed let's say by um Black Widow, the Red Room, who says there's been too many tricks. We know that he's on a clone, he's on a robot, he's not it's hopeless. We have to kill Steve. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, 
the, when those two factions split from each other, mm-hmm. it's we are told that they've been trying lots and lots of stuff and that a lot of time has passed right uh, since Captain America took over. We don't actually see that, really. There's a couple of flashback panels, but we're just told, oh yeah, it's been a lot of tragedy, the cost is too high. So let's review, uh, I guess let's go through what we liked and what we didn't like about the story as a whole, Mm. and then delve into some of the controversy about it, which I think dips into what what people didn't like about the story. Um, I... I think the concept. I'll start with things I don't like. Actually, it's because you just you just brought it up. Pacing and time is really difficult to figure out in these ten issues. Yeah, and I will have to presume the tie-ins. If you're a tie-in, as far as I'm concerned, you're a tie-in. I'm not required to read you to really understand the crux of the story. Mm -hmm. So if some of this makes more sense by reading the tie-in story, that's not good enough for me. There's a good way and there's a bad way to do a tie-in. And this, by by default, is the bad way. Because I'm like, again, like Pete mentioned, there's a moment where, like, People are just desperate. They're like, "There's no, we have no option. We have to kill Steve Ro- uh, Steve Rogers." And you're like, "Really? Why? You're you're saying you're not showing? That's yeah. not a good thing." Well, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. I'm not gonna fault that on the tie-ins because they're, they're at least as far as I read. I don't know if I didn't read all of the tie-ins, but I did not get anything in any of the tie-ins that actually expanded that and explained that okay i think that's just that that happens to be a bad an instance of bad storytelling right uh i was actually on the other i i actually disagree with you on your point of the tie-ins i think the tie-ins worked fairly well just to be clear i don't i'm my point is like if the tie-in was the answer to why it didn't work for me then uh sorry i don't care but i don't i have not read any of the tie-ins i don't know if it's wrong or right no having having read the tie-ins i can i can say that i feel the way they touched on the story really didn't impact the main story that much It, it was like you pointed out before it was a point where Guys come in and it's like, hey, we got the MacGuffin. Did you have any trouble? Well, did you have any trouble getting it? Yeah, well, that's a story for another time. (laughs) Right. You know, would you have been better off reading that story? Uh, Maybe. I mean, it's it's an entertaining story how they got the MacGuffin, but it doesn't. It's not really important. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. And I, I so we're it's interesting that we're from two different perspectives here. I didn't read the tie-ins and I'm like that sucked. <laughs> and you did read the tie-ins and you're like it wasn't necessary. I think you're uh, you're experiencing the unsatisfactory storytelling from or the unsatisfactory unsatisfactory nature of the story they told. Maybe. I I think you're looking at at looking to the tie-ins and thinking, well, maybe if I read those, this would have made sense. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it didn't. The, the tie-ins didn't really make, didn't contribute to the larger story at all, uh, which is what I want. That's what I want tie-ins to have been. To, con- I don't, to build up the... No, I mean, I, I don't want them to be necessary to the story. Agreed, yeah. Uh, and they weren't. It's just the, the story was bad. Okay. Yeah, the story lacked a lot. Let me try to dig into this a little bit more. Let's say, um, so one of the storylines here is finding all the pieces of the cosmic cube to attempt to fix how reality was warped. Mm -hmm. 
and bring Steve Rogers back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they in one in one story they're like, we, we found one in Atlantis. We know there's another one in Wakanda, and we know that there is another one with the mutants in their town. Who I can't remember the name of it. New Atlan, maybe. New New Titan, New, new Titan, new something like that. Shion, Shion, yeah, like that. I don't know where it is. It okay. was weird. It was it was named by Zorn. So I'm like, all right, cool. Thank you, comic book, for letting me know where the rest of these issues are going. I come back to the next issue, and in the next issue, I see them interact with Wakanda for a minute. Cool, they get rejected by Black Panther, Panther who says, "No, this is ours. We're, you bring it. To, yeah, I you bring yours pretty, to us." Yeah, I think a pretty cool characterization of a Black Panther. Uh, and, and I think he actually had a pretty damn good point. I think but. he had a great point. We'll get to that later, maybe. But uh, uh, and then it's a to be continued when they're like fighting about that one last piece, uh, and then the next issue they're like, "Well." Black Panther has been captured, and also uh, the mutants have surrendered their peace. Mm-hmm. So, like these weren't these were brought up in the story and presented to me at least as if this is where the story's going, and then the story either took place in some ancillary tie-in or didn't take place at all. If it didn't take place at all, wow, that's bad. Yeah. If it takes place in a tie-in, that's still pretty bad. In 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 that case, I will agree with you. Uh, I believe. That one was told in an issue of uh, Steve Rogers' Captain America. Yeah, that's not which satisfying. I think I think it's referenced in the uh, that in splash the, page, the splash page, the recap mm-hmm. page at the beginning of the next issue of mm-hmm. Civil War, where it tells you if you haven't read Captain America, yeah. read that first. I don't like that, mm-hmm. but at least they're clear about you know where to find what you missed and that you yeah. missed something important. Yeah, that was one of my major hangups. Though. Yeah. I w- I would but I, I agree with you. I find it very annoying and that should have been told in the main story. There's other examples that seem to have major uh, ramifications early in the story. You know, the revi- uh, not even in a resistance group, um, what would eventually become Natasha's uh, red, red room. room people are recruiting effectively, trying to get data information from Rick Jones. Rick yes. Jones and they're in Las Vegas, they're exposed, and Hydra agents power down on them. There is some weird, there is a reference to retaliation that Steve Rogers okays. Steve Rogers is very weirdly presented in this book. Mm-hmm. He is both Hydra Supreme and also still kind of the Steve Rogers we know. He talks about fair play. Yeah. He gives people lots of chance. He doesn't want to do public executions. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to execute any of the people that are the heroes that come under his wing. But at one point, at one of one issue where there was like, you're either going to have to, you know, kill these people, these insurgents, or you know, show your strength to Hydra Council. They they think you're weak. He says, I'll do what needs to be done. We don't know what that is, except in a future issue, you see a Las Vegas sign collapse, and you're told there were great casualties. So I believe at the very end of that issue, and it's it's easy to misread a lot of this stuff because it's they they, they do jump around in time a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, they they're very big on for dramatic effect, not directly linking one what one ca- one scene to another. But you do see at the very end of that one issue the uh, the Hydra helicopters, the, the uh, carriers, yeah, the yeah, dreadnoughts, or, and appearing over uh, Las, uh, Las Vegas and firing. I, see, I didn't pick up on. I guess I did pick up on. I do. I do remember that scene, mm. and I don't know if I picked up on them firing or not. But I totally did not think level the city is what they were being told. Yeah, 
going to attack. Like for all I know, that force was coming to find Spider Man yeah. and and uh, Hulk and a few other people who were in that that yeah. red room. It wasn't the the scale of force was not explained in any way. Yeah, except for just seeing people's reactions, which is normally I'm in favor of that kind of storytelling. But I'm just it was a little confusing. Yeah, it made me feel like there were parts of the story I wasn't getting. Yeah, um, which that is was not, very not that was very prevalent in this in this uh, crossover. Yeah, it's you you definitely had this feeling like that there were holes in the story that you weren't getting, uh, even in cases where the, those holes were not filled anywhere else, as far as I can tell. Right, they there were just holes left, like almost as if the writer was leaving holes intentionally. For other writers to pick up Ins- and insert their tie-in there, right? And like some of them just never got picked up. And I'm wondering if there's something going on at Marvel, I and mean, there's maybe a lot of like conspiracy theory over here that where that w- was the case, because it did feel like there are gaps, mm-hmm. severe gaps in the story. Is there anything else you disliked that you want to go through? Uh, not really. Um, I think we covered most of what I disliked, and it's it's some pretty major stuff. But I think the climax is worth its own conversation. Uh, yeah, and when it comes down to uh, when we go close to rating it. All right, now on things that we liked. I want to hear yours first because mine's going to lead directly into our next point. I think. All right, I like unless we completely agree with this. I th- go ahead. I like the concept. I really like the concept. So the big controversy about this... I think we agree. I think this, it's what we both like. God. All right. So I, the big controversy about this, and we might go segue right into controversy, yeah. is that this was a betrayal of the of Captain America, mm-hmm. of who he is, who he stands for, and what it means to be American, and what mm-hmm. it means to be this character. Um, I agree with that. And I do understand... Yes, uh, 100%. I agree. It, it is a betrayal of that. It's what, completely taking what Captain America is and stands for and turning it on its head. And I really enjoy the concept of doing that. Yes. And I think the execution was mostly okay. I think it was an interesting way of going about it. I think the storytelling could have been a little tighter. Certainly the dialogue at time for certain characters could be better. But I think the concept of saying, let's turn Captain America into Captain Hydra and see what the ramifications are is deeply interesting exactly for political reasons. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, I'm, I'm, it's a, uh, it, 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 it's completely loaded with political uh, overtones, whether it was ever intentional or not. I, I can't, I can't understand how it wouldn't be. It would have had to have been the greatest coincidence ever by the Marvel editorial team and the the writer for this to have been just coincidence. Agreed. Now, granted, there is no chance of this being absolutely predicted. I mean, literally, yeah. there there are things that happened in the news in the last few months that have uh, been sort of mirrored in these yeah. stories. The rise of questionably fascism in America, right? Yeah. Or I would say unquestionably. I feel like. If not for these kinds of stories, why do we have these characters? Yeah. Not not 100%. Like, I understand there are situations where you want them as characters to be in, to inspire. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that this actually isn't an inspirational story. I'm saying that 
if you can't if you can't look at your own country now, let's say for example, you're an American listening to this, mm-hmm. and you are upset with the way you're, you see your country headed. And if you're a different kind of an American, you were upset with the way you saw your country headed uh, more than a year ago. You yeah. know, four or eight years ago. You see that happening. You see the rise in totalitarianism and fascism in in people being squashed for what they believe in. Mm-hmm. And you have the chance to play with a character who is supposed to be the represented the ideal of what it is to be American. Perfect, wonderful, upright, upright and uh righteous. Um, and not take that opportunity to say this is what we can become. This we're not too far away from this horrible thing mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, I think it's worth exploring, and I definitely think this story does not glorify it in any way. There is no aspect in Captain Hydra that is not from the get-go. He is the antithesis of Captain America. He's presented as not American, or not what we should be as American. What we could be, but not what we should be. Every character that knows and loves Captain America in the book is saying this is not right. That's true. I think they do a fairly good job at the beginning and a little bit in towards the middle of showing why it's so easy for most Americans to accept it. They show the good that and it, it, it's basically they do a good job of showing the candy coating that's that, it yeah that gets put on evil that allows us to swallow it if you look at one page of these comics you could be you could be justified in believing that look they're showing that hey sometimes you need an iron fist to do good mm-hmm. but like the next page or the next panel you see the meeting where they're like yeah we've definitely candy coated that well you yeah know? yeah our 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 think tank we put fluoride in the water and we changed people's minds and made this happen. And that's that's part of the thing that I find difficult with this. Because most of the Hydra people, th- their goal isn't really clear. You know, Cap wants to use Hydra to make America a better place in his mind. In, in, in Hydra Cap's mind, he is benefiting America and hopefully the entire human race. Uh, he's just using an iron fist to do it. But the rest of Hydra seems to be just kind of wringing their hands. I will rule the world for no apparent reason. You know, I, I don't have any plans with what I'm going to do with the world. I just want to rule it. I don't understand that. It, it feels hollow. But it's very hard to do this without getting political. Because I feel like this does mirror what I see in the real world today. I see people in positions of power who've gotten there for questionable reasons, Mm -hmm. with questionable intent, Mm -hmm. not even questionable as in negative, but as in like, why are you doing this? What do you gain from this other than saying you are winning? Yeah. And I feel like there are people who just want the winning. And I feel like some of these, especially I'm imagining Secretary of State Charlie Sheen here (laughs) winning. I feel like some of the topical, some of the people, some of the people in, especially the wackier people in Hydra on this are (laughs) definitely just like, I want to be part of the team that wins. Yeah. Uh, Some of the ones, the the underlings are even more amusing. Taskmaster towards the end is always a a delight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, I do think there's a... 
I don't know if this is a inkblot test where you just project what you want to see on this comic book, in which case, kudos in a way. That's an interesting storytelling uh, success you got there. Or if um, there is actually like a lot of attempts to put in the the never agains, the this is not what we stand for. This is not who we are. We can't we can't watch fascism rise rise up in America. It's interesting. Yeah, it's it's very problematic because of the the ambiguity. I think that is there. It's like it, it definitely wants you to lean one way, but it never quite pushes you there. Leaves you way too much room to wobble over Where? to how, the other side. Well, how do you mean? Uh, I don't know how to explain it quite. It, it's it's like they, they're they trying to paint a big picture in black and white. You know, Hydra bad, rest of heroes good. Mm-hmm. But they never quite tell you why the rest of the heroes are good. I don't know. I think they leave a little bit of questioning in there. In that, it, it, with Ultron, which I think that sequence with Ultron, the issue with Ultron. That was, was amazing. My, yeah, it was my favorite. Ultron and Hank Pym. Uh, and whether or not the heroes have done enough bad things in their existence to kind of be the problem that we yeah. all need to fix. They do a great job of explaining, of, of setting that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, basically, they give, I, I think they give Hydra and Ca- Hydra Cap too much of a po- good point. You it's, know, he's still wrong. Here's the thing, though. But the, 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 the good guys aren't exactly right. Yeah, and I think that's true. And I think there's two scenes that explain that out. There's one with Hawkeye facing off against um, resurrected Hulk, Banner Hulk. Which yes. is interesting that never really explained. I don't yeah. know how it wraps up either. But when he sort of just surrenders and he says, maybe I deserve this. I put an arrow on my friend. And then Mockingbird says, well, do they deserve it? And he, they point at all the innocent people that they yeah. were protecting. Yeah. And there's another scene as well later on when they're kind of like all fighting against each other the way Avengers apparently are contractually obligated to do. But at the, there's, there is a bigger, more obvious good that needs to be supported. I think what the book does is it says, yeah, you can look at Secret War and you can look at Civil War and you can look at a million other kinds of war and all these big epic Marvel storylines where heroes are really on the edge and you know that they are wrong. They can be both things. They can both be wrong and be better than this. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting, again, politically, is that there isn't a scenario. No one who supports one of these fascist groups out there that you hate, people out there in podcast land, No one, very few people, I would say, support it knowing it's bad. I don't think they think they're bad, right? Mm-hmm. They... It's seductive. It seems like it makes sense. What what evil Steve, what Captain Hydra is saying might seem like it makes sense, that strength is better than weakness and etc. But like even looking at it a little bit, it's obviously bad. It's and, and I don't think the book at any point goes like, yeah, I guess it does make sense. They don't have a Hydra America doesn't have a success in this story that isn't immediately followed up by this is why it's horrible. Yeah, you're right. You know, and I think like it's weird to me that this was divorced in the minds of so many people. So let's maybe segue briefly into the controversy. Yeah. And I think we've already dealt with it. There are two major uh, factions on this. I mm-hmm. think one faction is are the people who are like, yeah, you turned 
an American icon into a Nazi. Mm-hmm. And for this, we're going to say Nazi-Hydra. Because I think no matter where you come on that argument, probably still talking to a fascist, right? Yeah. You turn I'll Captain America into a fascist. I, I, will def- I will defend Hydra in that they're not directly Nazis. Right. But that's not the... That, not germane to the point right and now. There is a bigger conversation about Hydra and Nazism's uh, Nazism and the fact yeah. that you, are you really cartoonifying the atrocities that Nazis produce? There's a reason why you would want them separate, even though you want them to be an allegory. We don't have time. In the this answer podcast is yes, this. yes and no, but it all relies on really obscure comic books. Beyond so, that, it also reply, re, re, uh, relies on what you're comfortable with in your storytelling. Yeah. But fascist, let's accept, let's accept Hydra in. as fascists. Yeah. So some people who are like, Captain America, you made him into a fascist icon. That is that is a slap in the face of the creators of the character, slap in the face of Americans, slap in the face of the comic book readers. It's weak. It's horrible. It's whatever. Okay. The other side of it is, I don't know if this is more popular or less popular. It's the people who are like, this will never last. Mm-hmm. And uh, stating it as a negative... Not that they want Captain Hydra to last, but this is just another publicity stunt yeah. or what have you. The, the, the skeptics, I guess. So, first of all, to the skeptics or the people who are like that, I don't understand it. None of this lasts. We, yeah. we have all signed the social contract of these particular kinds of stories. One of the things that is fun about them is that they're non-permanent. Yeah. Eventually, they all go back to where they came from. Right. Now, I'll, I'll leave the argument about whether Harry Potter will ever be changed to a different conversation but for this comic books yeah. in these major non-creator owned yeah like it or things, not harry potter is not serialized ongoing storytelling right it does not have the very unique uh, history that comic books do in terms of being owned by editors and by companies as opposed to the creators or what have you so i i don't get it except for Perhaps, and I did not do the. Bo- I did not bother looking this up beforehand because of what my advice is going to be. <laughs> is the marketing arm of Marvel Comics, if or any comic company? Yeah. If marketing is telling you, "Damn it, this is real. This is true. This is forever. This is never going to change," and that's getting in your craw, stop listening. Is my advice because I was. I'm aware that marketing does this. That this this time we mean it. This time Superman's dead. This time Spider-Man is dead. This time Peter Parker's dead. This time uh, Aunt May's hot. This time uh, <laughs> anything. Like, I get it. I understand why they're trying to do this. Somehow, in their feedback or in their sales charts or whatever, they're saying this works. When we point people at this, we talked about this during uh, Superior Spider-Man. You remember? Yeah. Uh, Superior Spider-Man was an amazing story. It was. It was so good. Mm-hmm. But on the piggybacked on what? You you know that eventually he's Peter Parker is going to be back as Spider-Man. Yeah. You, Doc Ock is going to lose control of Peter's body. And I'm I'm relatively certain about this. It's been a few years, but Peter Parker. It was announced that Peter Parker was actually 100% dead. He was yeah. dead. Dead. It was not. This is not going to be undone. He's dead. Mm-hmm. And you know they come up with clever turns of phrases. Yeah. On how to undo stuff like that. Well, yeah, he was dead. Yeah, yeah. Then he got better. Yeah, exactly. Things like that. And I, I vaguely remember at the start of Super Empire, uh, uh, Secret Empire, that there was uh, some chatter about, no, this, this is no, this actually is Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. This is not a life model decoy. This is not mind control. Yeah. You know, this is not an alternate timeline. 
What was yeah. it? It was a cosmic cube. It was a cosmic cube. Yeah. And here's the weird thing. So that it, the part of it is ignore the marketing aspect. It, there, yeah. when, that this is forever. But then it ties into the whether you destroyed this icon. I guess like the first page of the first book says a cosmic cube changed Steve Rogers' yeah. reality. There was no secret. There's no secret to it. Yeah. There is no. There was never an intent. Both history with comic books and his uh, reading the comic book tells mm-hmm. you that no, this is not not going to be permanent. Okay, that's one thing though. That's yeah. just the permanence. What about damaging the icon? Or or and it's multifaceted. Not only is it damaging the icon, it's also like fascism is terrible. Why are you glorifying it? There's a whole yeah. And I under I I I disagree with the premise of that. You know, I don't. I, first of all. As you said, I don't think there's any point at which they glamorize the fascism. Yeah. The fascism is always shown for what it is, being horrible and oppressive and wrong. As far as tarnishing Captain America or the the character of Steve Rogers, first of all, you, you don't tarnish Captain America because there is really two active Captain Americas who are on the side of good in Bucky Barnes and Falcon. Right. And then Ghost Cap, which... (laughs) Apart from that, just taking Steve Rogers, I don't think you really can tarnish a character as iconic as that, especially in a thing where you know that the character is eventually going to revert. You know, it's going to buff out eventually. I think maybe that's the problem people had. I think people assumed it would buff out Mm -hmm. as opposed to be addressed that's mm-hmm. my only my only read on it i wish i had i, I wish i was able that, to talk to people who felt yeah that. i think that i think there were lots of people that you know it's the same people that got upset when you killed off superman back in the 90s you know how can you kill superman well you can't really what we're doing is we're telling a story where superman dies and we see what the world would be like if superman dies and then at the end he comes back and everything's fine it's the same thing with this we're telling a story what if Steve Rogers turned against everything that he stood for. What if he he became a twisted reflection of his principles and his morals? And we, we, it's a very interest. It can be, or it can be a very interesting narrative to explore. Uh, You know, you, you, you learn much, so much about yourself by facing the twisted dark version. You know, it's, it's like Luke in the, uh, in the weird hollow, hollowed out tree and empire. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you see the darkest version of yourself in order to learn about yourself. Great classic narrative trope, which, and, and I thought, and at the beginning of this, I thought it showed great potential. Right. I agree. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't, I just don't think the story followed through on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 I too, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I actually think that this was a, this was a worthy story to tell. Potentially, it had a lot of potential, and I think it had a lot. It does have a lot of interesting points in it um, that are a little obscured from the weird pacing and issuing and what have you. I don't even know what's going on with with Miles Morales' Spider-Man and who died because I thought he was supposed to kill Captain America, but apparently. Like, I don't even it know was that predicted that he was going to kill Captain America, and then it was like they turned the prediction, they turned the prophecy on its head. And when he was supposed to have been doing that, Natasha jumped in. 
and Cap what killed her. What book did that happen in? Hmm? What book was that even in? Seven or eight? What, the prediction? No, no, the uh, the death. Was the, that even in the death? That was in secret. Okay. Yeah, that was one of those chaotic action sequences uh. where it was difficult to tell what actually happened. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell if Black Widow got killed or just hit real hard. It really is difficult to to map out what's yeah. going on. And honestly, things. I didn't know until we see one panel in issue ten where. They're they at her funeral. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for for me, I would very much have liked to come back to Near Mint and give a book, at least to Near Mint. And I mm-hmm. think this, at first, despite all the controversy that this book generated, which, to be honest, your explanation of the you can't kill Superman is the closest I've come to make sense. Yeah. But for the fact that the people who have said this to me, the people who are the most angry about this, were are comic book fans I trust their opinions on. Mm-hmm. I don't know what riled them up in this way that made them... Th- I have to assume they didn't read any of it, because... I think they; those are the people who would be most interested to see this. The people who are most, when I see them talking, that they are most angry and upset about what they see happening to their country, the country that they love. That they were the ones who would probably enjoy it the most. Yeah. Uh, I, despite that, I really was shocked that I, in the premise, wanted me to give it like a near mint. There are just storytelling flaws that yeah. I can't overcome. And some art things and art inconsistencies that I didn't like either. Yeah. I'm landing on a good. Wow, I'm actually impressed that you're that you're giving it a good. Yeah, uh, I did not think you were going to rank, rank it that highly. Really? Um, but I, I would actually, I would agree with you. Yeah, I would put put this at a good. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it. They did not earn. I, I, I wanted it to be better. Yes, but they just they didn't earn near mint, and they didn't come close to mint. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Uh, no. It was it was a good book out of a mint idea, and in a way that kind of hurts more because there was so much potential here. Mm -hmm. They could have done such great things, but I guess the search is on. We need to find a a new comic book that is at least the near mint to get us back in the flow of doing this show. My money is on Marvel's next big event, Venomverse. Really? Yes. All right. I'm excited uh, about this. But we're going to have to wait until today to uh, pick up issue one. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Which is Jump actually, right into the next crossover, Marvel. It's probably passed by the time you listen to this podcast. Oh, definitely. So, hey, looks like we're back. We're back, big. We're back, baby. A million adventures. A thousand ex- ex- beat and, and Frank on a million adventures. We're going to go on for a hundred thousand episodes. Yes. A million episodes. I'm referencing a uh, popular cartoon. See you next year, everybody. <laughs> well, I was talking last night I need to entertain you, man We were talking about you, babe They said You was involved in the robbery That was due to happen at a quarter to three In the main street This has been a non-productive media presentation Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.